episode 168 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to play a game that takes longer than 30 minutes. Wait, was that too obvious? Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about short games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, then The Nightmare Before Christmas Merry Madness, and Ready, Set, Bet. Then, we talk about some of our favorite games that can be played in 15 minutes or less. And now, here are your hosts, Camby and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the episode, and that is that TLN is coming up once again. For those of you who don't know, the Tabletop Live Network is a group of Twitch streamers who play board games online, and we are part of that group. And our Halloween weekend marathon, which is called Trick or Twitch, a ghastly game-a-thon, is happening Halloween weekend. And Ambie and I will be streaming at 8 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, October 29th. And we will be playing an online escape room. And it's going to be a spooky one. So tune in if you want to see us escape from a thing on the internet <laughs> and be scared <laughs> yes we're gonna be terrified and i will say i don't know it's if hopefully it'll come together but ambie and i have been discussing costume options and i'm pretty <laughs> excited about what yeah. i'm gonna try to do <laughs> that'll be fun yeah recently i got a couple of review copies from the op i got ven and i got disney tim burton's the nightmare before christmas merry madness <laughs> Man, like that how, is, that's quite a title. I know, one of them's like a super long title and one of them's super short. <laughs> but anyways, I'll talk about both of them. So Ven is a party game published in 2022 by The Op. It doesn't have a designer or artist on BGG. In Ven, it's a team party game with a Venn diagram. It's like a Venn diagram mixed with Dixit. So there's a lot of art cards on there that are like surreal and have weird things on, on there. And each team is going to have three different words that they're trying to convey to their teammates. So there's like a list of 12 words and then you get a card that has three numbers on it showing which three words yours are. And the other team has a different card of three numbers. And then you have your own little Venn diagram. Or it's, it's a big Venn diagram, actually. <laughs> it's these big circles that are colored and you place them on the table and overlapping. So you have Venn diagram spots. And so you're, you're in your mind like... The, the first word is going to be the yellow circle and the second word is the pink circle and the third word is the blue circle. And then where they overlap, it's like yellow and blue, like those two words together. So you're going to be putting down these art cards as clues to the words. So like you have a word that's like heavy and then scary or something. And then you, you find an art, art card that has something that's scary and heavy, then you put it between those two. But if it's only heavy and not the other words, then you put it on the heavy one. And so you're like putting those down as clues. And then your team is trying to guess what the words are given your clues. In the team mode, you're playing against the other team just by speed. So whoever gets it fastest, they say Ven, and then they try to guess all three words. You don't have to guess like which color is which word specifically you just have to get all all three right and you get one point for each word you get right and if you're the first team to say ven then you get bonus point if you get all three right there's also a cooperative mode where you just play a two minute timer so like the person gets two minutes to write down or to not write down to <laughs> place down their clue cards and then you try to guess and like you get five rounds in order to try to score 12 in the team mode, you play until someone gets to 12 and then the highest score wins. I played both cooperative and team mode. I played cooperative a couple times and team mode just once. I actually like cooperative better because in team mode, like people have different words and some words are a lot harder than others. Like nouns are easier to clue in than adjectives, <laughs> I think, or in our experience. So like some of the words were easier to do and some were really hard. So 
if one team gets the hard words, then then like they're obviously going to lose because it'll be a lot harder for them to get it. But with the cooperative mode, it's just one team and you're just working together to try to get the words within the time limit. So I liked that better. One of my friends actually does not like Dixit or Dixit type games. <laughs> so he doesn't like Dixit or Mysterium. And so he did not like this game. So if you don't like surreal art games <laughs> where you're trying to like interpret someone's interpretation of that art, then Ven also is not for you. But like if you're into Dixit type games and party word guessing, clue giving games with art, then uh, Ven was pretty fun. I mean, I love this style of game. Like, I I love Dixit. I love Muse. I love Stella. Mm-hmm. You know, like any game that has these types of cards in it, I tend to really enjoy. I think because I really enjoy trying to interpret the cards and also trying to interpret what other people fa- see in the cards. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these types of games are my jam. And I, I had heard about Ven and I definitely want to try it now. Yeah. <laughs> and then also when you put down a card then people start talking about it you can't move it so so then people oh, are no. like oh but if they if it had been this one then they would have put it in all three because it has this and then they're like oh oh whoops <laughs> 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 like yeah yeah whoops i should have done that you're right <laughs> but you can't say that obviously right i mean that's in any party game right yeah. like you sometimes think this is brilliant and then you just don't didn't consider a certain angle or whatever yeah. and yeah like whoops all right and then the other game i wanted to talk about is the nightmare before christmas Mary madness which is also by the op also doesn't have a designer artist but it was published in 2022 and this is a real-time dice rolling game but it's competitive so i like a lot of real-time cooperative games but i think i don't like competitive ones as much (laughs) so in merry madness you are rolling dice to try to get rid of all of the toys on your sheet so it's themed around nightmare before christmas and there's like a bunch of different tokens of different toys from the nightmare before christmas and you you start out with random ones and then you roll dice and the dice say left or right and then like a number and then one of the icons and so you basically just follow what the dice say and move it to your left or give it to your the person on your right and you're trying to get rid of all the tokens on your sheet so it's just rolling dice fast and then following what they do it's kind of like a roll and move but speed i guess so there's not much decisions to do there's like one question mark on the die where you get to pick which item you do or like a question mark you pick if you're doing left or right or in the middle but like that's not really that interesting to me but i think it would be good for kids i played it with adults and it was just like not not that exciting to play and then it lasted three rounds and we're like okay <laughs> like we're, we were done after like the second round we're like okay but we we kept playing and it's just like whoever rolls the dice fastest just wins or like if you get unlucky if the if you're you're just rolling one direction then the person on the other direction is just gonna run out of things faster because <laughs> because of the luck of the dice but it is i think it would be good for kids like learning matching and stuff and actually one of my kids really likes skeletons and so like when he sees the nightmare before christmas jack skellington he like really likes that so he really enjoys this game and i actually um he recorded a review <laughs> of the game so i'll play that for you now the skeleton game what do you like about it these you like the pumpkins those are puzzle pieces the puzzle pieces oh because you put them back into yeah. the punch board i like the I like the black and orange. Uh, you like the black and orange snake. Uh, I like the orange snake. You like the tiger snake and you like the leaf, yes? Is this a skeleton? That's a skeleton, yeah. Yeah. Does that skeleton look like this skeleton? A little different, right? Yeah. 
What's the name of this This game, game is called The Nightmare Before Christmas, Merry Madness. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're so <laughs> precious. <laughs> but yeah, so they like The Nightmare Before Christmas. We actually went to Disneyland and they went on the Haunted Mansion ride, which is themed Nightmare Before Christmas now because of Halloween. So one of my kids likes orange and tigers. And so he called this, there's a snake in the game that has, or in the movie too, that's like a big snake, the attic snake or something that's orange and black stripes. So he calls it the tiger snake and he likes that. When when I got the game, my kids opened it from the mail and then immediately was like, oh, it's a skeleton game. It's mine now. <laughs> like, okay, you, you can play with it. And he played with it a lot before I even played with it. So he punched out the tokens and then he wanted to keep the punch board and put the tokens back in. That's why he calls it a puzzle. <laughs> that's so playing, cute. Playing with it a bunch. So yeah, I think when, and when they're a little older, just being able to roll the dice and match because it's like matching the pieces and then left and right. So that would be good for kids. Although like the speed part, adults would just win, I think. <laughs> but it, I think it'd be a good game to play with your kids and you would have to like maybe go a little slower or something. Yeah, like maybe as an adult, you could hold one arm behind your back and oh, only yeah, work yeah. with like one hand or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or you have to use a dice tower or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Merry Madness. I believe I have mentioned on the podcast before that I have enjoyed a number of the games designed by designer John D. Clare. He has been known for a bunch of popular games, including Space Space, Cubitos, and some others. And this newish game from him, I think it's fairly new. I, I knew that I was interested in playing it, but I did not know how much I was going to enjoy it. And that is Ready, Set, Bet. Came out in 2022, published by AEG, Alderac Entertainment Group. And this is literally a board game that simulates horse racing and betting on a horse race. And I do want to give a disclaimer. I am not a fan of actual IRL horse races <laughs> or any kind of animal races because I know that there are some issues there about how the animals are treated. So I just want to make that clear up front that like, I don't, I've never bet on a real horse race and I don't ever plan to, but in board game form, oh my God, it's so fun. <laughs> like, I so uh, literally the entire board is like if you've ever seen like a roulette table or a craps table or mm -hmm. any other like gambling things it looks kind of like that there is a big section a grid basically with horses listed down the right hand side and then there's a big column for win a column for place and a column for show win means the horse is going to win place means the horse comes in first or second and show means the horse comes in first second or third and you can bet a number of things in all of those sections. And then there are also prop bets, which are just like very specific things like the number four horse will finish ahead of the number eight horse or things like that. All of the horses are numerically based as the result of the combination of two D6s being rolled. So the, num the, the lowest value horse is the two, three horse. The highest value horse is the 11, 12 horse. Those are the only two that have two numbers assigned to them. And then all of the rest from four to 10 are all in individual horses. So obviously, if you know how odds work on 2d6s, the seven is going to be statistically rolled the most. But as we all know, when it comes to dice rolls, nothing is a given. Mm -hmm. And so the odds on like seven or six or eight are fairly low. If you bet, even if you're the first person to get a bet in on those, 
you aren't going to get as high of a payout because it's more likely to happen. Whereas when you bet on the horses toward the beginning or end of the list of numbers, you will get paid better if they end up winning. There is an app that controls the actual race itself. You can have a person act as the like the race officiant and roll the dice. But we played with the app and I would highly recommend doing so because there is like thematic music and an actual announcer who is calling things out throughout the race and like it calls out the die rolls and you see the horses move and they get bonus movement if the number gets rolled twice in a row. So like even like one of the like long shot horses, if their number gets rolled a couple times in a row, they can kind of like jump ahead a little bit. And I have not had a more exciting moment in a board game in quite some time than when I bet big on the two, three horse and that freaking horse won the race. I was screaming like my, (laughs) like my friends, I think were a little peeved because I got paid big time that (laughs) round and it just, okay. So like, One of my friends asked the question, is this actually a board game? For the record, I think it's a valid question, but it really depends on how you define board game, right? This is a game. It has a winner. It has a loser. There's a board involved. I mean, technically, I refer to things that don't even have a board as board games. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is a board game, but it is not like most board games. It is pure betting, basically. There is nothing else to it. Every round happens in real time. And once three horses have crossed a certain threshold, you can't place bets anymore. But up until that point, you can keep placing your betting chips anywhere you want. Ambie, I tell you, I know you like (laughs) real time games. This is so much fun. Like, oh my gosh, I love it. This is, again, not like highly strategic or, you know, thoughtful as games go, but it is a heck ton of fun. So I will be purchasing my own copy of this one very soon. And really, like, John D. Clare's stuff tends to be pretty varied, and yet I like a lot of his games. So I think if you all enjoy any of the things I just mentioned, or you want to have some of those big stand-up moments in a board game, Ready, Set, Bet is definitely something that should be on your radar. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of betting, though, but it sounds really thematic. And like, I mean, it's better to bet in a game than in real life. <laughs> right. That's the thing, right? So, like, you get to do, experience yeah, to get, the excitement yeah. without horses actually being involved. Yeah. So so I, I want to try that just so I like, can see what it's like. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, I was like, come on, two, three, come on, like, yeah. actually yelling. And my friend was like, come on, nine, come on, nine. Like we were cheering and yelling and it just like, Uh oh, like not a lot of games elicit those types of emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I really, once, I don't want to play that type of game all the time, but once in a while, gosh, it's fun. (laughs) So that was Ready, Set, Bet by John D. Clare and AEG. In our last episode, we talked about games that are good to introduce people to the hobby of like hobby board gaming. And in this episode, I think we're going to touch on some similar stuff, but we're specifically going to talk about games that can be generally played in 15 minutes or less. I know that some people would refer to this category as filler games. I also know that some people don't like the term filler games because it kind of takes away their legitimacy for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I, when I say filler games, if I ever use that term, I don't mean that it is only good as a filler between other games. I generally mean it to mean it is a short enough playtime that you could easily play it between other games or it's good 
to kill a little bit of time before like somebody shows else shows up to game night or things like that. Mm-hmm. So I totally get why people don't like the term, but if I do use it, I'm using it with that context in mind. And there are a surprising number of games in, across a bunch of categories that fall within 15 minutes. Yeah, for me also, like fillers, we've been doing a lot at the end of our game nights because we have a cutoff at 10 since that's when we start going to bed. So like if we're done, we have like 30 minutes left and we're like, oh, okay, we can play like a short game or something. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of games that, that I like actually are short because I like a lot of real-time games and a lot of real-time games have a timer <laughs> with a time limit. And like 10 minutes seems to be a, a popular time limit, I think. That does seem to be a popular time <laughs> limit for a number of real-time games. Yeah. So a lot of real-time games, like one that we have played a lot recently is Fuse. I think I might have mentioned that in the last episode. <laughs> but yeah, it's a real-time cooperative dice rolling game. It's 10 minutes, 10-minute timer to defuse all these bombs. <laughs> yep. Another similar game, well, at least I would say stress-wise, is Escape the Tur- Curse of the Temple, yeah. which I'm not sure if that's that. 10 or 15 uh, it's 10 minutes, I think it's 10, yeah. I think, yeah. And I think so, yeah. both of those games, I've played Fuse and Escape. And like in both of those games, I have moments where I'm just like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, because I'm stuck or I need somebody else to do something. And like, again, mm-hmm. like, I don't like high stress environments, but when they are contained to a short amount of time, they can be quite enjoyable. Because like mm-hmm. that stress, you know, it's going to end soon whereas Mm -hmm. there are longer real-time strategy games that i don't enjoy at all and i would say like magic maze is a good example of that Mm -hmm. and i think you could probably play magic maze in less than 15 minutes potentially but yeah maybe as i recall it takes it took people longer when i was playing it and i was just frustrated most (laughs) of the time yeah and then one of the games that we've been playing a lot recently in our like at the end of game night (laughs) period is Cross Clues, which is also real-time cooperative game, but like not like what you think of when you think of a real-time cooperative game because it's a word party game. It just has a timer. So Cross Clues, you're you're like making associations with a grid of words and you're trying to get, there's a row and column of words and you're trying to like give a clue to point to a grid coordinate. And every, you're trying to fill in the whole grid, but you have like 10 minutes to do it. The mode that we play is a five by five grid and there's 10 minutes. So that's also... 10 minute game and it's super easy to set up too so like setup doesn't really add any time (laughs) to the game yeah there are some categories of games that i feel often can be played in 15 minutes or less Mm -hmm. so there are a number of real-time games as we've already Mm -hmm. mentioned that fall within this time frame there's also a lot of dexterity games that i think fall into Mm -hmm. this category and not just you know, like things like Jenga that people grew up <laughs> playing, but modern dexterity games often tend to be shorter length games as well. Things like Suspend or Rhino Hero or Hearts of Attraction, which that one never gets talked about. I played it once at a convention and I actually found it really fun. There's these, it comes with a bunch of these metal hearts and what you do, you have to have a flat surface. You're tossing like one of the magnetic hearts onto the table and trying to attract like a certain number of other hearts without like having it go off the table. I don't remember the exact rules because it's been quite a few years, but I remember having a lot of fun playing it. It's a very like component light game that you could just kind of throw in a bag. And it's definitely an attention getting one when you're throwing these metal hearts around (laughs) in front of other people. I think like dexterity games are also like very quick to set up and that I think setup should be taken into account when we're talking about 15 minute games because 
if the game itself is 15 minutes but then the setup takes like 10 minutes then <laughs> then like the whole experience is kind of pretty long so yeah another category of games that, that you like a lot are roll and write games those also often have very quick setup <laughs> that is true very quick setup and generally short playing times especially mm -hmm. because many roll and write games have simultaneous turns for all the yeah. players and any game with simultaneous turns generally is going to run faster than most other yeah. games mm -hmm. yeah some that i really like that definitely can be played in 15 minutes or less crisscross 21 and quicks come to mind but honestly there are a lot of roll and write games that would fit in this category yeah hold on so if we move back to dexterity games i feel like every time this fits into a category we do have to mention that technically strike uh qualifies here <laughs> i'm just saying like, yes uh, it could last longer than 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's true. It could. Strike is basically just the perfect board game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are also small box card games mm -hmm. and component light, but especially card based component light games that fit this. Some examples of that would be things like No Thanks mm -hmm. or Hanami Koji, which is a two player card game that can generally be played pretty quickly. And a lot of the button shy games that are always 18 cards or less, and the Paco game games that we've mm -hmm. mentioned a number of times on the show, just be like they are so component light that generally playing through the whole thing is going to be a rather short experience. That doesn't mean it's not fulfilling or enjoyable. In fact, I actually kind of really like that the games with small footprints often have shorter playing times because mm -hmm. games that are small are easy to like put in a pocket or put in your purse. Yeah. And then when you happen to be somewhere like waiting for food at a restaurant or something like that, they're easy to pull out, play a really quick game and then quickly put away. So mm -hmm. I appreciate the fact that they tend to be shorter length games. Yeah. Speaking of games on the go and in your pocket, the game that I talked about in recently played last time, Pocket Book Adventures, that's definitely less than 15 minutes per each adventure. And like I've, I've talked about how I was just playing it on the go and just like when I have five minutes to spare or something, I would play some of it. Uh, that's a solo dungeon RPG pencil game. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so that one's really good for just when you have a couple minutes to spare. <laughs> For sure. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that a lot of our the games from Oink Games, who mm -hmm. you and I both love, also would can fit within about a 15 minute playtime. There are some that are definitely longer, but yeah. a bunch of their titles can be played relatively quickly. Oh, and I, you know what? Mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out because so I backed a Kickstarter of theirs, I think last year, something like that, mm -hmm. um, that was for a Nintendo Switch oh, uh -huh. program that has Oink games on it. And it only started with three titles, but they have added quite a few others. And I am in love with the adaptations of their games that they have created for the Nintendo Switch. Like if you have a Nintendo Switch and you like any Oink games, I highly recommend, it's called Let's Play. And then I think like Let's Play Oink Games maybe is what you could search, but it's called Let's Play. And I've been playing so much in a Grove and Fafnir against AI and the AIs are smart. Like it's not super hard, but it's also not super easy. And they're tricky. Like in, in a Grove, you can kind of mislead people by putting your token in the wrong spot. And the AI does that. It's a very intelligent computer. I'm just really impressed. And it's also gorgeous. Like in Fafnir, the gems look like they are like sparkling. And I just, I know that's such a like 
minutia, like it's a little detail, but they just, everything looks so pretty in this game. So I do want to give a shout out. I know it's kind of unrelated to what we're doing, but if I want to kill a little bit of time, I can play an Oink game on my Nintendo Switch and that's pretty awesome. They have it on Steam too. Ooh, okay. Well, we should download that on Steam and <laughs> play together sometime. <laughs> Ooh, or I should get, how much is it on Steam? 25. Ooh, that's worth it though. I just, if I already own something, it's harder for me to spend the money again. You know what I mean? Uh Like, I don't mind. Like, it's worth 25 bucks, in my opinion. Obviously, money is worth different values to different people. But you get a lot of different games. I wonder if it has cross-platform play. I don't know for sure if it does or not. Feel free to look into that before you get it. But I, I will definitely recommend it. It's a good interface. It's easy to use. The tutorials are good. They have the rules in the thing. So it's good stuff. I would say that most of the games that can be played in, well, maybe not most, a lot of the games that can be played in 15 minutes or less tend to be somewhat strategy light. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think. So like, especially like real-time games, dexterity games, things like that. Like there there is skill skill involved and minor amounts of strategy, but not like (laughs) deep thinky type stuff. Because like, is... you don't have like a lot of time to do deep thinking usually. Right. The only exception to that that I can think of, or at least that I have played personally, is Matai and I, which is a Carl Chudik game that was like mm-hmm. his follow-up to Innovation. Um... It is a re- it's a two-player only game. Or no, I think it's two to three players. And it can technically be paid, played really quickly. And I did play an entire game of it once at a con. I don't remember a dang thing from it. That's how complicated <laughs> it was. Like, I, it was, Carl Chudik's games are kind of known for being, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's not a bad thing, but like very thinky, right? Like very mm-hmm. strategy heavy, but it's, this one still has a really short play time. I, I don't know if I can recommend it because I personally have only played it once and it was so long ago. But if you like really like thinky games and you only have a short amount of time, maybe look into Matai and I. <laughs> I think other like two player abstract games like can get thinky if you're well, playing. Well, that's true. So uh, Blitz Chess is <laughs> is a fast one that I mean Blitz Chess is less thinky than non Blitz Chess, but um, I guess for chess players it's it's thinky. But like Patchwork, if you're playing with someone else who's like very aggressive, <laughs> it can get very thinky, and I I think it can be played quickly depending on who you're playing with, but but like a lot of two-player games depends on who you play with. It's interesting because these types of games can really, like a a player can benefit from having a different skill set in these types of games. Like when you're talking about something like Blitz Chess, like having really good chess strategy in your brain obviously is Mm -hmm. helpful, but having the skill to be able to make quick decisions is like a different thing than just Mm -hmm. knowing what the right moves are. It's being able to read a situation quickly and react to that situation quickly. And honestly, Mm -hmm. that applies to a lot of these other real-time games as well. To do well at Escape or Fuse or something Mm -hmm. like that, you need to have certain skills and not everyone is good at thinking on their feet or that quickly. Some players really like to be thoughtful and deliberate about the types of moves that they make within a game. And when you're playing in real time, you you don't often have time to be thoughtful (laughs) and that can be really frustrating to some players. So I do think Mm -hmm. it is important if you're playing a game like that, that you kind of gauge the room, read everyone (laughs) and see, because there are some people who will just be nothing but frustrated with a game Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So in that case, then maybe real time games aren't for them. (laughs) Right. There are plenty of other like short games that aren't real time. 
for sure. And I we didn't really mention a whole lot of party games, but many party oh, games yeah. can often be played in a pretty short amount of time too. Mm-hmm. Like things or like even like stopped whenever. For, oh yeah, right. Like, score, like yeah, because oh. yeah, many party games you're just not mm-hmm. keeping score. Because yeah, why would you? <laughs> if it's just a, a lot of I consider a lot of party games to be fun activities more mm-hmm. so than like games to win or lose. Mm-hmm. Well, we would love to hear from you all what your favorite game is that can be played in 15 minutes or less. Did we name your favorite, or maybe you can teach us about a game that we don't know about. So hit us up on social media or our Board Game Geek Guild and let us know what your favorite game is that takes 15 minutes or less to play. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as the links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Are you ready for Prophets of Doom? Stay tuned for info in the coming months about this fun new game. And don't forget, Blitzy Heroes get 20% off non-exclusive items at greyfoxgames.com by using the code GFGBLITZ2022 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community for game nights and more on Discord by following the link in the show notes. Leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify to help others find our show. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and invite to our private talk channel, visit patreon.com slash Our theme song was composed by Andrew Ma. Technical support for Lanka Toby now. Until next time, we got a fast game. I want to play it anywhere. Maybe we have some fun. Maybe together we're a quick game pair. Bye, everyone. Bye! Our stream for the Halloween weekend TLN event, which we have a name for and I don't remember what it's called now. Dang it. I don't remember either. Wait. One quick announcement before we hop into the episode. And wait, what is it? <laughs> Trick or Twitch. A yeah, ghastly to- marathon? Okay. Paste it into the show notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs>